Hello, you're listening to the Theater of Public Policy podcast. My name is Brandon Boat. The show comes from a live event that we did with the founder of Black Guns Matter, Maj Touré. Mr. Touré is a solutionary hip-hop artist from Philadelphia, and he started Black Guns Matter as a pro-Second Amendment organization that reaches out to communities of color to provide training and education about firearms. I want to provide a little context on when this show was recorded. A week prior, the trial of former police officer Geronimo Yanez ended in an acquittal in the killing of Philando Castile. Emotions and feelings in Minnesota were really raw around this time, and there's been a whirlwind of protests, debates, and attempts to understand what this means going forward. A general word of warning that this interview was a little saltier than some of our previous shows, so if coarse language offends you, you might want to grab a wooden stick to bite down on. Other than that, I hope you enjoyed the interview, and thank you for listening. The host thing. Oh, okay. I'm not allowed to sit down until you sit down. Oh, that's so like the rule? It is, yeah, I think so. Uh, so thank you so much for uh, for being here. We're very excited. Thank you for having me. Can I do, you picked a hell of a week to come to Minnesota oh and talk about race and guns. <laughs> right, right. Good it's job. That week. <laughs> uh, so uh, so I, I want to get started uh, just sort of uh, generally, like, uh, kind of paint the picture for us uh, in a big way yeah. in terms of what what is what is the message? What is the organization Black Guns Matter? What do you actually do? What we are, we're a firearm safety and training organization. We go to everywhere where there's high crime and high violence, and we inform people in those areas uh, about firearm safety, the Second Amendment rights. Usually it's in areas where people, the crime is up, but there's no legal guns. And areas where there's a lot of legal guns, the crime is usually down, so it's kind of backwards. So we go to those places, inform those people, and just put them on a path. And uh, and so what does that actually look like when you're when you say you know informing those people? Yeah. Run it. What is, what do those programs look like? So we go to the places that they like. We in Chicago a lot. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Um, we deal with fight, uh, conflict resolution, de-escalation, um, just basic safety. Like even if you got a gun and you in the street, you're doing what you do. We're not gonna judge you. At least come here and learn how to at least safely secure that firearm so no children get Do you to get it. a lot of folks like that who are just like, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I don't want to talk about why I have this gun or how I use it, but I want to know how to use a lockbox? Or... Yeah, stuff like that. Most of my friends are monsters. Okay. They're scary well, guys. Well, I, 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 I wanted to call you a friend, but now I'm worried what you'll say about me. Uh, so, so you do. And I, is that who shows up? Like, who, who comes out? It's, it's a mixed bag. Um, sometimes we have, we have something. Like, our last class in Philly, we had, like, face painters there that were, like, children. They were, like, six, seven, eight-year, nine-year-olds learning to shoot, learning about safety, learning what not to do with firearms if you're at school or at somebody's house and there's a gun. What do you do? You get a parent. You don't touch it. Things like that. But we had face painters there, balloons. This is at the gun range. It's the that's, most amazing thing I ever. Keep, I, my instinct is to say that's adorable. Yeah, uh, yeah it is. Uh, so, so that, so that's really, so you, and you go around the country doing this, yep. yeah? Yep. And so Chicago, and you're from Philly. I mean, where, where are some of the other places you've, uh, you've gone? We've been to Compton, Oakland, Sacramento, Atlanta, Baltimore, Chicago, Jersey, Philly, uh, Houston, Austin. Wherever there's a lot of crime. And a lot of gun control, because gun control really isn't about gun control, it's about people control. Say more about that. I'm curious. Say more. Uh, uh, flesh that out for me. Okay. You want to do something that you want to do. Okay. I don't want you to do it. Okay. How do you stop me from stopping you from doing what I want you to do? Uh, sh- shame and guilt? That's no, Minnesota. You lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But you still lose. Uh, well, we so, all lose with shame and right, guilt. Uh, so, yeah. So what a firearm does is it's, it's your right. as It's your human right. It's not a government-given right, you know, a government-given right. It's a human right that you have to defend yourself and the things that you believe in, right? If you don't have a means to defend your beliefs, you kind of don't have any beliefs. So informing people in those demographics that have cons- you know, consistently been told, well, that's not really for you. You know, that's what we kind of like shape their mind around and go, no, that actually is a human right. You have the right to do that. So that's a, I mean, there's, there's several things to unpack there, but let's just sort of go into that uh, defending your, like uh, all beliefs, uh, like how, yes. do you, how do you do, define that? I'll give you a perfect example. Great. Gays get bashed. Nobody's bang, you know, gash, uh, bashing a gay person with a Glock. Period. It's not happening. Yeah, you, you think about it a lot differently when you know that guy that chooses the lifestyle that he chooses can defend his lifestyle. I mean, some one of, some of the pushback, you know, you do go into these communities that have a lot of crime, and you know, you have a lot of crime between people who both have guns. 
Right. Right? No. So, not, no. Not, no. No. It's all one. It's all I have a gun and you don't. Usually, like, for example, the reason why I started doing this work is because of pain. I've experienced a lot of my friends' faces getting opened up. Yeah. Right? So, but they're strong, really good guys. But the, the sucker knows that my friend is really strong, but he can get a gun. And my friend doesn't have a gun. And he knows my friend doesn't have a gun. So I'm going to go shoot him. Now, if my friend probably would have had a gun, he probably wouldn't have even went over there. It's a deterrent. Probably. More than likely. Uh, so-, so, so, for example, right? Arizona. Really respect your right as a firearm owner. Very low crime. See, I, this is cur- uh, like because I was doing some research, but I do I do actually do some research <laughs> before the show. Uh, but it, you, there is a correlation actually between you know the the five states that have the most gun restrictions actually have the the least gun deaths, and the five states that have not the true. Le- it absolutely is true. It's not true. It is true. I, I'll Chicago. Name the states for it. Well, Chicago is not a state. Illinois. Yet. Uh, it's big. That's Illinois. Uh, yeah, but Illinois doesn't have as many gun restrictions as Massachusetts, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. you know, nobody lives the, in Rhode the Island. States right? that the states that you're naming, that's why we go to urban areas in those cities. So, for example, take Philadelphia, for example. Mm-hmm. We usually have, we have the most restrictive gun laws in the state of Pennsylvania. The rest of Pennsylvania is an open carry state. Philly, you got to do concealed carry, all these other different things. Chicago, same thing. Mm-hmm. The, most, the rest of Illinois has a lot of respect for firearms but there's a different set of rules for chicago even even that's unconstitutional right but where there's more gun control city to city not just state to state because they make a different set of rules sometimes for cities within that same state the places that have the highest gun control have the most homicides i.e so you're looking city to city not state to state yeah just because of the fact that the rules don't they make separate rules for different populations. Well, they do that state to state as well. But so they, I'm just trying to figure out why is it okay to compare state, cities but not states. I'll give you a perfect example. Chicago mm-hmm. has led the league for murders for a few years. Yeah. They have more gun control laws than any other city in Illinois. So wouldn't it be different if, if the gun control thing is working – wouldn't Chicago be more safer than the areas where there's less gun control? I, I the, I'm just, I mean, I, I, I kind of struggle just because it's a. What's the struggle? It's, it's math. It's well, the math is, you know. So uh, yeah, I mean, we can do the math. So, so let's pick another state. States with stand your ground laws have, on average, two more homicides by, for firearms than states without them. Per 100,000 people. Because most of the states that don't have stand-your-ground laws are what's called constitutional carry laws, which means there's no restrictions on your firearms if you're not a prohibited person. So there's less crime. So you're right. Well, that's actually – that's not true. That uh, is for true. The top, uh, for, that's not true for the top you, – You're 0 for 2 already. Well, uh, I have – You're 0 for I'm 2. Just, no, no, I'm curious. It's so, a three-strikes law on the stage uh, this morning. I'm terrified – See, this is like the deterrent piece where, like, I shouldn't argue with you that much. Because I um, kind of know, know this stuff. Man. But it's like, no, I, I do too. So it's like Hawaii, Massachusetts. You have notes. How do you know this stuff? I don't have any notes. Well, this is your job. Right. I'm a supervisor. <laughs> uh, Massachusetts, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Jersey mm-hmm. all have a uh, permit to carry, background check, uh, no stand your ground, concealed carry, and uh, no open carry. And they are the lowest states for... Firearm homicides. These states, Wyoming, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, have none of those laws, and they have the most homicides for firearms. Now. So I'm just trying to reconcile those two things. Again, the cities that you're naming in those states usually, again, lead the league. Two, the thing that you're saying about New Jersey, all of those places, they have ba- every state has background checks. Every state, most states have concealed carry permits. There's actually less states that don't have concealed carry rules. So the thing that you're saying is it's, they've played with the stats to the point that the things that you've written down have followed a conditioning. So they, like, played with Are your you matrix. you calling me brainwashed? A little bit. Ah. Uh, so, I've so, always wanted to be clean so, somehow. It's all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to unplug you. It's all right. You haven't used your <laughs> eyes yet. I'm going to oh, unplug good. you from the matrix. So here's the thing. What they'll do is two things. They'll do one thing, like they'll say, oh, these are the stats for the state, right? But the highest concentration of those rules, so they'll use Chicago's homicide rate, where there's extreme amounts of gun control, but if I'm the bad guy, I don't care about the rules. I just know that there's a bunch of people in here that can't return fire. Yeah. 
So I'll shoot, shoot, shoot. And it's usually a small percentage of those guys doing the same thing over and over and over. They go to jail, they get out, they go to jail, they get out, they go to jail, they get out. So they'll use those stats and they'll say this is for the state of Illinois, but the remainder of the state of Illinois doesn't have the same restrictions that Chicago does. So, for example, if I'm a state that has a high prison population, I can count the prison population of prisoners to get more electoral college votes even though those guys can't actually vote. Oh, yeah. So it's a Are we going to talk game. about electoral politics reform? Because I'm all I'm over all, that. I'm with that. Uh. I'm with that. So saying that to say, they'll play that same stat game, just like the example of the electoral college with that California, Texas, high prison population. But those guys and women that are in those prisons can't actually vote, but they get the extra nod for the electoral college. Same thing with the stats. So Chicago... Every rule on the, in the rule book. Philly, every rule in the rule book. Baltimore, every rule in the rule book. Outside of those urban areas, that's why we do most of our work in urban areas. Because what I said earlier was gun control isn't really about keeping people safe. It's about keeping people in a box. So high gun control in New York City, six, seven, sometimes eight million people, right, can't, can't defend themselves. Bad guys, okay, it's shooting fish in a barrel here. Nobody's going to return fire. There's no respect for the firearm. Same guys keep doing it. They use that to boost the stats for that state. Never mentioning that the other cities in that state have nowhere near the same amount. It's a, it's a numbers game. So I'm curious what your uh, so what's the what's Maj's vision for like uh, you know would it be that everyone we all are carrying? No, because you might not want to. You have the right, but then you're going to push me around, right? I won't. Then it's my fault. No, I won't. I like won't. I didn't wear a gun, See, so and that's what the, usually that's what they'll have you believe, right? So they'll say. They'll have people to... Who's they, by the way? Media, a lot of times. But for me, what it is, is if you are informed and know the information and choose to not have a firearm, you have that right. I'm not tripping. But don't, at a certain point, when you tell me I shouldn't because you don't think you can or want to, that's where we have a fundamental disagreement. So what happens is people will, you know, utilize stats and statistics and things and play on people's emotions to get more gun legislation passed when the reality is unless I do something wrong, I shouldn't be held accountable. You can't infringe on my freedoms because those three people did something wrong. So uh, this is really – this has always been interesting to me, sort of the, the freedoms piece. So how far does that go for you, uh, the freedom for firearms and, and weapons and things like that? So I'm kind of just like on what the Second Amendment says, shall, so, not, shall not be infringed. I don't think that there's a special type of human. I don't think that once you get into the military or law enforcement – you get like special powers that would make you different than anybody else. So if that's still a human, he or she is still prone to the same mishaps and mistakes that I am. So why do they get specialized things that I don't get to have? So you, so you, like everybody gets everything, like hand grenades, missiles. Like well, hand tanks. grenades, you can have those now. Tanks oh, are legal. Well, right now, do you? It's okay. You do have <laughs> hand grenades are legal though. Citizens can have hand Good. grenades. Good. Like, for, like take take me for example. Like okay. I have machine guns are legal. After the NFA, the National Firearms Act of the 30s, when they said, oh, no, regular people should only have these if you go through this process, right? Which just meant I can still get them. You just, they're just more expensive. But I got my Tommy. I got a Thompson submachine gun. It cost me 20 grand. I'm going to sell it for 50 wow, grand. Wow, speaking circuit must be better money than I thought it was. I'm telling Jeez. you. It's a lot of money outside. Uh, <laughs> um, point being is, that gun is not going to do anything unless I make it do something. Me. Yeah. It's not like going to float up in the air and shoot people. It's not going to happen. Right? We so, don't have drone guns. Right. We don't have drone guns, fortunately. But if we did, you'd have a right to fly them. Uh, yeah, you would. You would. But Great. This, well, drone, I mean, you know, the government does. They got drone guns. Yeah. That happens. Point is, to me, I believe that there's not a special class of person. I don't think the government should tell somebody with their rights until you violate someone's personal property or their physical well-being. I don't believe that the government should tell you what you should do. That's like the minority report, like thought police. Oh, I think you're going to do something wrong, so let me stop you. That's not freedom. That's very anti-American to me. I mean, maybe not everybody else. To me. Yeah. That's uh... okay. So I got a lot of questions. I got you. You're 0 for 3. I'm messing with you. Yeah. Uh, good. I'm going to need another beer in a minute. Uh, so, 
Uh, okay, so I, I mean, I have to, you know, as I hinted at at the beginning of this, you really did come to Minnesota at this very uh, critical moment, and this is uh, a heavy, hard thing. But uh, so last week, you know, we had a verdict in the trial of Philando Castile, who, as a lot of folks have pointed out, uh, especially since the video and the trial has come out, uh, was uh, did everything right, uh, basically, by all of I these accounts. I don't think accounts. he did. Uh, let me just get through this before okay. we start. Uh, it's just, um, uh, you know, he had a firearm. He notified the person. And what a lot of folks have said is that, um, you know, he he was basically shot for being a, a black person having a gun, that that was basically enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that seems, A, like a really, it's a really hard uh, sort of thing to square then with a lot of, I mean, it seems to fit in a lot of ways very much into a lot of what you're talking about, the communities that have been told for a long time, this isn't for you, this is for somebody else. Right. This seems like th- the manifestation of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, one, this is where I get beat up a little bit. I know what a furtive movement is. You know what a furtive movement is? Is it uh, like when the soil is good for planting? No. <laughs> Don't get the second beer. So a furtive movement is a quick move, right? First and foremost, I think that that officer, resp- that ex-officer, because they saw fit to fire him, but the jury of you guys' town decided that he shouldn't go to jail for whatever reason. Um, I think the officer didn't handle that situation properly. And if there was one thing that I wish I could have like jumped into Mr. Castile's body and did, which is what we tell all of our students at all of our events across the country, give the officer the perceived position of power by saying, how would you like me to proceed? How would you like me to proceed? Not reach a furtive movement is a quick or somebody could perceive a movement quick in a situation where that officer was clearly afraid for his life for whatever reason. If he said, oh, I smelled weed, well, if he's, he's a threat to no, nobody but a bag of chips if he's high. <laughs> if, if he's high on weed, not PCP, not dust, not heroin, if he's high on weed, he's probably moving slower. So he doesn't present the threat there. I think that officer heard the word gun, and I think the conditioning, and it, uh, a little bit deeper it goes into the same thing that black men in America, it hasn't been normalized to a certain to a certain background of people that we have the right to have firearms. So you go, black guy with locks with a gun, I, I look like that. Tattoos, beard, long hair, I just don't smell like weed right now. You know what I'm saying? I was going to compliment right. you on that. Thank yeah. you, thank you. <laughs> so, saying this to say, that conditioning that that officer had triggered him, no pun intended, to murder somebody in front of his family. And I get how he could play it off in the, you know, the court and say, I fear it for my life. But the thing is, we as citizens don't get to make that same horrible judgment and not be punishment. So if that officer walked up to my car and he had his hand on his firearm, based on the history in America, I could have feared for my life. I'm I'm licensed to carry. If I get out and dump seven in that officer, do I get away because I can just say, well, I feared for my life? And that's any American citizen. And see, this is the part that is terrifying for me uh, in some ways because it seems like then we're just constantly in a standoff. Like, we just live in a world of standoff. Which is why, in our class, we deal with conflict resolution and de-escalation. Which is why I catch flack when I say, I wish Mr. Castile would have said, how would you like me to proceed? First of all, he should have known the law. Minnesota is not a duty to notify state, meaning he had no legal obligation to tell that officer that, hey, um, he was actually being above and beyond Boy Scout. Yeah. So if he would have just gave him his license and registration like he did, maybe he would have still been alive because that individual officer was jumpy and nervous. That individual officer. I can't prove whether the intent was racist or not, and I don't really care. His child doesn't care. That he'll never see again. So there, this is, you're in a really interesting position because uh, you you do work at this intersection of uh, race and gun rights. And uh, I mean, I've I've read a lot of the stuff on your website, watched some of your videos. You're very often like the person of color, like in a gun rights situation. Right. Like you went to the NRA convention and things like that this year. Yeah. So uh, help me sort of reconcile. Uh, 
how does the sort of traditional, or at least uh, as we see it kind of most often now, gun rights community, how, is it a culture change that needs to happen with no. them more broadly? Do they, because a lot of people have criticized and said, why isn't the NRA or somebody like standing up and saying, Philando Castile should still be alive and Geronimo Yana should be in jail? Right. Well, there's two things to that. One, in the gun community, I'm a fucking rock star. That's number one. Number is two. It a, can I just ask, like, is it a lot of like, oh, my God, we're so happy you're here. Like, yes. uh, can it's, I take my photo with you? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the, the, I'm sure. The, the, I, the gun bunny thing, like gun bunnies and like gun groupies, I get those. Yeah. They're around. Gun bunny, like Gun bunnies. It seems like a bunny, the worst place for them to be would no, be at a gun show. No, they're very, very protected around us. They're very protected around us. Okay. Saying this to say, so yes, I do get the love and support because... They, that demographic did not know how to. They know that all gun control is rooted in racism. All of it. Every single gun law came out of emancipation. Every single one of them. These people of color now have fought for their liberation. We were just kind of whipping their ass for a long time. We can't let them have guns. And then they started creating rules. The problem now is it's spread to a point where it's infringing on Every American's right. It's like crack. They initially dropped it off in the hood. And was this is supposed to be for this demographic. Then it fucked up and started spreading all over the place. Now, crystal meth. Oh, we can't treat it like a fucking jail criminal thing. We got to create, like, institutions. That's a clear-cut example of the bigotry that exists. I'm not tripping over it because I got, like, groupies and shit. So I'm cool. Right, but in my mind, I know the facts of the matter. So you've got a lot of group. So you spend a lot of time coming to audiences like this, like in liberal urban places, and saying, "Like I'm going to give you a message about gun rights that maybe you haven't heard very often before." What's the message when you go though to a Second Amendment group and you say, "You know what? I'm so happy that you all are here and you're cuddly with me as bunnies." Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. what what's the message that you say? Like the hard truth for them. The hard truth for them is. Y'all already know the answer. Y'all just not really standing up and doing it. Same thing I say to my law enforcement friends. You bitching. You not calling that dude out. You a fucking marshmallow. All of these Can we g- say fucking on this yeah, show? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Who's all in of these, charge? All of these guys, a lot of those Second Amendment guys, they say all of these tough things, and they don't want to call what happened to a Mr. Castile what it is. It's not necessarily racism. It's tyranny. We've been watching our rights get eroded. We've been watching people getting censored back and forth, back and forth. Everybody got all of the guns, ain't shot shit, spending all your money on guns and all of these tactical ninjas, but I can't even get you to come to the capital of your state to fight some legislation. You're a pussy. How does that go over? (laughs) Um, It it usually goes over well um, because, you know, they go like, well, he's from the hood, so it's different. So fair like, enough, fair enough. Yeah. So I, you, I, and I should say one more time that we, we're going to open up to you all for questions in the second half of the show. Uh, and so think about those. But you hinted at this, and it's a piece that I'm really interested in, is the history piece. Because this is what you're talking about, you know, uh, uh, in terms of gun, a lot of gun uh, restrictions coming out of uh, a reaction to civil rights movement pieces mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I'm wondering, A, how you, uh, what's, Tell us maybe in a short summary, like mm-hmm. some of that history and then how you feel like what you're doing fits into that is an evolution of that. Mm-hmm. Where does it fall in sort of that? Timeline? Well, one, um, I, I believe in not picking apart the things that people use to get the victory and leaving the shit that they use to help them lose. I don't even touch that. So, for example, I'm a patriot. I'm, I'm not I'm not anti law enforcement. I'm not anti a system. I'm, I'm, I'm going to protect my countrymen and women from corrupt portions of the government. Right. So what happens is a lot of times we felt at certain points um, distanced from America, say the 60s, the Black Panthers, who had legitimate reasons. But the way that they presented it, they didn't politically mobilize. They mobilized in the hood, but they didn't have anybody in those houses. So the Mulford Act in California could get passed, which the NRA at that the leadership of the NRA at that time, they co-signed that. Right. They were very uh, for gun like restrictions and that's that why that entire regime got kicked out and I would I would love for the NRA to tell that story I would also love for them to say how they backed the deacons for defense in the south 
You know, they helped Dr. Martin Luther King get his license to carry appeal before he was murdered. I, I would love for them to say that, you know, they ran the only desegregated gun range in the 60s in Washington, D.C. I would love for them to say that. But for some reason, they just don't. No different then. They're not saying anything about Castile. But here's the bigger picture. I don't really fucking need them to say that for me. That's not their job. They're a political lobby group that fights the monsters on that level. I don't need them to speak for me. I'm speaking for me. The people of Minnesota are going to say, yo, that, what's up with that jury selection? Who, who was the lawyer? How did that go down? What did y'all see that none of us saw? Because we all saw the footage, and we seem to see that this guy killed somebody. What is going on there? So what anti-gun people will do, they'll go, well, why isn't the NRA saying anything? As opposed to saying, what is the community going to do about this? They don't like the NRA in the first place because they're anti-gun. So saying this to say, I don't pick up arguments that are going to not advance the cause, the freedom for all of these people in the audience. I'm not going to talk about race in that sense because we know that it's racist. We're going to talk about your rights are about to be affected too, just like cracks build out. If you're white American, Asian American, Latin American, there's a constitution that all Americans fall within, have the right to have these things. And while we're fighting each other and infighting, the people on the top of that pyramid are just trying to snatch more and more. It's the fucking game of Jenga. That is a, a beautiful game metaphor. It is. Uh, <laughs> and it's very appropriate for a bar. So, uh, so uh, on that, again, we're going to open this up for audience questions. But on that uh, very powerful note, please, a big round of applause. Uh, Maj Toure, we're going to take our... Okay, if you have a question, please raise your hand, and I will come towards you in a non-threatening manner with this microphone. I got this one, and then I got one right there. Yes. Hi, Maj. Um, I'm from a rural area. I'm living in an urban area now. You mentioned both of those. Wait, what urban area? Oh, here? Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't travel that far. Right. No, 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 not at all. No. <laughs> no worries. Um, basically, I want to know, you seem to mention a, a, a cultural gap mm-hmm. when it comes to firearms between yeah. r- urban and rural areas. What policies would you suggest that would help to close that cultural gap? Um, it, it, it couldn't be instituted through a policy. It, it's more along the thought process of reengineering somebody's thought process. It's like saying, how could you, how could you legislate away racism? How could you legislate away, like, bigotry? That's some, that's some shit that's, like, in there. You know what I mean? So, like, really, that, that, that speaks more to the quality of character. So, like, even doing these types of trainings, okay, the, the name of the organization might be a little catchy. But when you come to the classes, you see it's so far outside of – we deal with a lot of conflict resolution – de-escalation and reprogramming a, thirst, a, a person's thought process. So it's normalized where if, hey, if this urban guy or woman happens to have a firearm, you're not having this knee-jerk reaction. So really, it, 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 I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it a policy. I would more call it um, just, just more along the lines of reconditioning a person and having them reevaluate what, what they've been told and why they were told it. Well, it's, I mean, it just to try and reconcile it, maybe part of it, something like uh, a police uh, training piece right. that does some of that kind of stuff, which yeah. would be sort of a policy level. Piece. Yeah, well, yeah, police trainings, the, police are trained, our police now are very militarized, right? So it's not like protect and serve, even because especially after legally they have no obligation to protect you, legally. That's not me saying that. That's a Supreme Court decision. Warren versus D.C. Y'all should check into that. They have no legal obligation to protect you at all. Um, along with that, would it, would it turn in from, you know, the blue guy with the hat on and, like, talking to children to, like, the boot thug with the jacket and all black and all of that and all of that militarized uh, machinery and tanks and all of those different things? It's making those people accept the concept that we're not American citizens. We're enemy combatants. Right. So that part can be policy wise when you start getting a lot of that, giving a lot of that militarized thing and more local policing and community policing, you know, letting that lead the forefront. The reason why that changed is because in the late 80s, early 90s, they started switching that up because they knew that they was going to start militarizing that so they can generate some more money off them prisons. 
You feel me? That was thanks to like Bill Clinton and them. You know, if everybody gets a chance, y'all should really read um, the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Y'all should really check that out. So yeah, so so reversing some of those conscious and subconscious policies based on reengineering and conditioning, and that can then spill up into policies being changed because then you'd have to have the police departments saying, no, we don't need federal money. We're fine. You know what I'm saying? And then that depends on the greed of the person. So it's, it's a lot of work in pieces, but I think those are some of the things that could go in that direction. Okay, I got several hands. I got one here and then one up there and then one over there. <clears throat> Hi, I'm um, working on bringing what you're saying into my own world. I spent much of my life as a teacher and... Mm-hmm saw a lot of tragic school shootings, and an acquaintance of mine mm-hmm. felt very strongly that the world would be a better place if teachers all had guns. Yep. And I just would like to hear your thoughts on that, if that would be a good idea for teachers to all have guns in their desk drawers. There's two sides to that. One, if that teacher has the same condition that the, the police officer has, that even though she or he is going to the work, to do the job of educating children, but they have some biases and bigotry, that could be very crazy, right? If they respond the same way as the, the ex-officer did here. Um, but if, the, if the, so again, that, that deals with the mindset of the person, right? So in that sense, I think it could have some negative effects. However, overwhelmingly to me, when I see teachers that our children are with for a very long period of time, not even from students, if there's a psycho that comes in like that has happened in, you know, Newtown and things of that nature, who would have more of a vested interest in protecting her children than the teacher or his children than the teacher? So I definitely see how that could work. And again, it could be a deterrent. Right now, people just running schools, they shooting, you know, fish in a barrel. There's nobody there armed to return or deter before even return a fire. So I think the the reward far outweighs the potential risk. But um, there's a, actually a, um, I forget which, damn, I forget which uh, municipality it was, but they asked the teachers, do you want to? And overwhelmingly, teachers were like, yes, we would love to get trained. We would love to protect the, t- the students from a situation like this. So, yeah, I think that definitely would be positive. Um, I just think it's, it's no, it, it's like there's fire extinguishers in the classrooms. We have fire departments, so why yeah. not? Very few very few people are killed by fire extinguishers each year. Right. Uh, I, I'm just, I, I'm <laughs> curious. The first part of what you were saying, though, this, this question of, you know, if they have some of the same prejudice and biases or, or whatnot that um, the police officer, ex-police officer, Yanez had. Well, I don't know if he has. I'm just saying But in that case, but isn't that the whole nub of this? Like, I don't, there's very few folks, I think, who would say uh, that, you know, well, there are some, but, but I think that the real nub of this is uh, how do you, if, if you agree, like, there are people who shouldn't have guns, how do you figure that out? Well, I don't think that there's people who shouldn't have. I, like, Any, so anybody? No, I think once you do something wrong, you go to jail. I, listen, I'll give you a perfect example. I could get a spoon and scoop some, I'm really strong, I could scoop somebody's eyeball out. I can do that. Do we ban spoons or do you put me in jail? But you can't scoop 38 people's eyeballs yes, out in I a couple can. of seconds. I'm, I have, well, it's not even seconds. For, what you're talking about is full, fully automatic. And most of those things are happening with semi-auto, and that doesn't happen. And, so that's mathematically off again. But you want those things, right? Like the, that's part of your – like there shouldn't be limits on the kinds of guns we should have. Well, I'm not – you asked me earlier yeah. about my individual choice for me. Yeah. So I'm not saying that some people do the wrong – everybody does the right thing with any tool, a knife. People stab people. It's a, it's a butcher knife. You're supposed to, like, chop meat with it, not humans. So, right? So at a certain point, it's very simple. This is a tool. You are the person. If you do something with this tool, you go to jail. It can actually be that simple. And now no, when, when people, say, we, people say, oh, well, we want to take these rights away <laughs> to potentially stop someone from doing something, that's a mixed bag. If you're, if you're trading your freedoms for security, you really kind of don't really deserve either. So it's just sort of like playing out the, the far extreme of this. It's like, okay, uh, I can have a nuclear weapon until I screw up and like level Minneapolis. Well, I'm, I'm a Jedi. I don't deal in extremes. I deal in the middle path. Well, so I deal in balance. Haven't you seen, like, the, the, there's lots of Jedi who end up on the dark side. Like, that's like the whole Cause, franchise. Because 
Because they're not Jedi anymore. No. They, they're but, Sith. But we didn't know that until it was too late and they killed all the Padawans. So at I a, didn't see Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's truthfully come out. <laughs> the point that I'm making is when you start to go, that's a very, and I get, your, I get your thought process. It's a very slippery slope when we start saying, well, this could happen, so we're going to stop all of this. That is not freedom. That is, and some people go, well, we want to be secure. Prisons are the most secure place on earth. There's no freedom in prison. Yeah, I don't, somebody's, I don't, I somebody's don't pointing want... out a lot of people get killed in prisons, but I, I have other questions up here that I'm going to go to here. Wait, I got hey, one back hey. in the back. Yes? This is called Black Guns Matter. Uh, ask all the black people if they want to ask a question first. Okay. That's equality. It's equality. Okay, great. All right, cool. The brother's brother in the front. Wait, wait, hold up. It's the brother in the front. Okay. Say, I'll come back. I'm messing with you. I'm messing. No, no, I'm messing with you. <laughs> no, wait. Were you actually raised? Now I don't know no, what that's, to that's do. That's like it's rude if we like do that because it's like the women. Now we first. put him on wait, the spot. Wait, is that sexist? If I, I this say better it? be good. I don't know. No. You got okay. you got you on the spots all the way on you. Hey, now. no problem. Right. Uh, I'm uh, Reverend Timmy Christopher. I'm a uh, packing uh, reverend. I carry gun. I believe in it. Right. Uh, so my question to I got two two questions if you don't matter. Sure. If not, number one, um, how would you get uh, my people, us, mm-hmm. to start actually carrying? Because with this Fernando Castile situation, I got a lot of people. That's good. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, what do I do? I mean, I, I've, I've got women in my church who want to learn. I work with a lot of people on the north side, mm-hmm. and I, I follow you. But I'm not going to call myself one of them bunnies. Yeah. But thank you for being here. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I've been trying to get a shirt forever, man. I got you. <laughs> anyway, but what can I do, man? You, Seriously. Really, you got to give them the language. It's like, okay, our, again, an, an open invite to everybody to come to our class on Monday. We got flyers and all that other stuff. Come to the class, right? We deal in a holistic approach. It's not just guns. A lot of people from urban demographics are dealing with trauma. That's, watching that Castile shit is traumatic. That is in, it's your diet. It's in your head now, right? So we deal with a holistic approach. So, for example, we deal with what we call spelling, right? The things that we say, like spells, you're putting a spell out there metaphysically. So, for example, we in, a, in our conflict resolution and knowing the language of things... Uh, the tone, we give an example usually of, okay, uh, you're in the club, you dancing, it's packed, a dude bumps you, he step on your Jordans, you mad. But then you stop for a second and get, you, can, you can respond two ways. You can say, damn, bro, excuse me, tone is off, that's going to escalate. You can say the same exact thing, oh, damn, my bad, bro, excuse me, tone, 90% of his tone, right? So giving them tone and language and, it, and tying that back into interactions with law enforcement, because that's, that's what the new scare tactic is. You shouldn't have a freedom because you might die. Well, you're getting killed anyway. So, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? So with that being the case, by giving people language and tone, we've been very successful at de-escalating situations like that. So, for example, something as simple as, like I say all of the time, how would you like me to proceed? You now know I'm not John Dillinger. I don't believe that that officer came up to the car to kill him that day just because, oh, here's a black dude. Let me kill him. Nah, that's too limited of a thought. I think he was afraid. I don't think he was built for the job that he had. Right. So with language and saying, hey, how you doing, officer? Yeah, this is my vehicle. Language, tone and knowing what a furtive movement is. He did not speak a language that an officer did. You made a quick move. I'm from North Philly. I'll be out at three o'clock in the morning a lot. Do not move fast around me. Period. Do not move. Don't make a furtive movement around me. So that officer might feel the same way. Now, I know some people, because they're hurt and they're emotional about the situation, it seems like it's back to back to back to back to back. Right. But when you pause for a second on that and slow down and you go, yo, well, if he would have known that language, maybe just maybe it might have turned out different. So now the only thing that I can one of the good things that we can pull from that is, okay, this is the one area that I would have handled differently. You know, and giving them that language and the tone usually for us has been very successful. And my, my second question is this. On Facebook, you know, there's a lot of black uh, websites out there with uh, gun, gun owners mm-hmm. on there. 
Uh, so, and I, I can show you the question on here. So, yeah. um, so the question that I have to ask and I got to answer back to them is, uh, what was the blowback with you with Tommy? With you, oh, Tommy you, Lauren? Thank you very much. You know what I'm talking I'm about. Her. Wait, what are we doing <laughs> the rumor is I'm dating Tommy La- Loren from The Blaze that got fired. Ren, like Ralph's brother? <laughs> the, the girl from The Blaze that just oh. got let go and she's like, she's like really famous? Sure. Yes, of course. <laughs> we all know exactly who she is. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yes. so the blowback that I got from that was... Um, Wait, t- but are you dating? So anyway, the blowback is... <laughs> The bunnies. What, 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 what I'm saying is a lot, a lot, a, a lot of brothers are kind of didn't like that. You know what I mean? Cause Why? You, you understand what I'm saying? Because Why didn't she, they? Because who she is? What? So who is she? I mean, they, this, they, is like, this is the this funny is thing. Like the Nazi Barbie. How? That we're I've, dealing with the, the people that say that. I'm just the, saying. The the, the, the the people that say that. The people that say that normally have never met her. I get called. I get. I've gotten called a devil worshipper. I've. It's the most amazing. Fame is so interesting. It's like, people be like, yo, I just saw him. I'm like, yo, I'm on a plane right now. That's not me. It's, I'm sorry. At a certain point, I just stop. I just go, all right, well, cool. The blowback that I get, did get, though, people that don't understand strategy, my job is to expose what we're doing to the most amount of people that I can. That interview that we did had a million views in one day. In one day. And then people say, oh, you cooning. How? I went on in there and I held my hood all the way down. I had her bend to my will. So, and she never does that for anybody. That's why I didn't do Skype, like when she was beating the shit out of Charlemagne over the Skype. I'm flying to your town, and we're gonna look, I'm going to look you right in my face. Charlemagne, the, the, the 13th from, century ruler no. of Europe. <laughs> so point being is, um, that's the only blowback I got from people that don't understand strategy. My job is to try to save as many lives as I can. This needs to be pop culture. Firearm safety and knowledge needs to be just as regular as your cell phone. So I have to expand that to as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time that I can. And she had a platform, and she's one of the nicest people that I've ever met. And, you know, so, no. I, the people that's giving me blowback, it's like, it's online stuff. That's not really real. Like, I've been in a shootout. Everything else is fucking cake. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm going to get it. This, there's a question here. Yes. Hi, I'm Sarah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, so when I first heard the name Black Guns Matter, of course the first thing that comes to mind is Black Lives Matter. Right. And when we hear sort of um, the counterpoint to that of all lives matter. <laughs> they the do. Way they do, but it, to me it's like you look down a street, all the houses matter, but one's on fire. Right. So we should probably go deal with that house because in that moment, it's really important that we recognize that that house matters right? because the world is exploding. So when I'm looking at the name of your group, I assumed, and I, now I, I realize I'm probably wrong, that part of the reason that the idea that you're trying to promote is, you know, black people would like guns too. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I think the NRA has a reputation for being a white um, conservative, mm-hmm. um, not not very diverse. diverse. Um, that's Did what their reputation is, and I have I have very conservative family or in rural area that are all about the guns. But if you start bringing up the idea of black people having guns, oh no, see those, that would be dangerous. Those so, people are suffering from the same. They think that they know, but they don't know. They're very dangerous because they think they're smart. Um, they're a victim of that same conditioning. No different than my homies that go, oh, you going down to be with them white people? I'm like, yo, they're like the nicest people you ever met in your life. James Yeager, if y'all know who he is, James Yeager is a firearm instructor. He, has, a, that, he has that whiskey or the... Not no. that guy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a firearm instructor that a lot of people have said, oh, he's racist. He's this, that, and the third. He's blah, 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 blah. He'll give you the shirt off his back. Never mind the fact that his grandchildren are black, that he never promotes. Never mind that. Never mind countless people that have come, and he's made sections of his home in Camden, Tennessee, available for people that want to train in his own home that can't afford it, so he let them for the low or something, a lot of times, for free. 
but they run because he's got a bald head. He's got like tattoos, a sleeve, and they go, he must be KKK. Those are victims of that same conditioning. So do I think that the NRA needs a lot of work? Yep, I do. Do I think that when I go, when I was just at the NRA annual meetings, I was like running into Dixie flags and pickup trucks? No, it was, I'm a rock star there for whatever their intent is. Cause I can't pretend to know somebody's intent, but I know what the energy that they gave me. And it's very hard to fake energy. You know what I'm saying? So if everybody in there was this crew of actors, then great. They all got me. They're great actors, but I don't think they were, you know? Um, and the other thing is, the NRA is a political organization designed to fight for our Second Amendment rights. It's not their job to prove their loyalty to want this race, Spanish people, law enforcement, whatever. I think that they can handle things a lot better on the PR tip. But um, it's, I think I'm just more of a, I'm a solutionary. I don't really deal with revolving revolutions, revolving around the same thing. I don't deal with the problem. I figure out the answer and apply the solution. So complaining about the NRA to me is like useless. They are, they've already proven their commitment to the Second Amendment. That's cool enough for me. I got it from here. Okay. I got, I got some hands over here I want to sure. try and get to. Yeah. Sorry about that, y'all. Imagine. Hey, hey, what up? Um, thank you for coming out. Um, I'm probably the That's second. That's what she said. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, um, my question is uh, you talk about taking back opportunities to our communities and how we can be effective there. Mm-hmm. What is one of your biggest pushes for what a community can do to help change this? One, you could create jobs off of this. I'm in Detroit a lot, and it's, it's a ghost town over there. Now, just think for a minute. Michigan is about to be constitutional carry, which means if you're not a prohibited person, you can have your gun on you, concealed or not, whatever. Imagine if we could get m- more respect for firearms in, that, in Detroit. And then we could just get one of those guys that I talked to on the phone, those guys worth hundreds of millions of dollars, if I can just convince them to take a small factory and just build holsters. Let's just create 200 jobs, small factory. Then build on that. The same thing that marijuana did in Colorado. You can't find an abandoned factory in Colorado anymore because it's grow houses now. Crime is low. Money's up. We can do the same thing with firearms. So that's, that's really like my phase three. This shit needs to be franchised. It's McDonald's. It needs to be safe. It needs to be responsible. And it needs to make money for people. It needs to create jobs. All of the manufacturing has left. So we have an opportunity. Instead of the gold rush, this could be like the polymer rush. You know? So that's really you know phase three and phase four. And that's something that we could push and then show people not only were we more safe, crime's down, money's up, Tax base is popping. Businesses, comp- you know, communities is well lit again. We can literally make the hood great again. Literally. Okay, right here. Yeah, so I guess I was just wondering, how long have you been an advocate? And have you always had this viewpoint, or did you come to this viewpoint somehow? I came to this viewpoint very recently. I'm a reformed scumbag. My friends are the monsters. I used to be a monster. I'm not a monster anymore, right? Um, just over time, you start... It, Either you start evolving, three things. You, you start lying more to yourself, you start evolving, or you die, right? So for me, it was like, all right, I ain't going to lie to myself. I'm not really feeling doing this no more. And, I'm, and I see the answers over here, and I'm kind of a sucker if I don't really apply the answer because I have a skill set that my homies don't have, you know? So for me, it was just along those lines, like, all right, I got an answer here. Now let me just go do it. Some of my friends have greater minds than me, but they're scared to be in the places that I go to. Right. So they can't do it. Some of my friends are really, really not afraid of those places, but they can't articulate the point and the position is thorough, you know. So it's a balance there, you know. And um, so that's really when the change happened for me. And um, I think it's been going very well since then. That was like two or three years ago. And was it were you always, uh, you know, very passionate about uh, gun rights and Second Amendment or was there a moment that that clicked on in particular? Yeah, um, I reread Mein Kampf by Hitler. Very few people have brought up Mein Kampf on our stage yeah. as well, and so could just I, I, how did that how did that lead to you being pro pro uh, well, gun rights? Well, a lot of the stuff that Hitler t- first the first thing that Hitler did was he convinced everybody to give their guns away and let the government protect them. That's what Hitler did. He de-armed the population. Hitler was like elected democratically, like they was like yeah him, right? 
Then he was like, hey, guys, I got it. Just don't worry about it. Just give us all the guns. Then he went into Africa and got symbols, like the swastika. That's an Adinkra symbol, you know? So a lot of the things that he used, and Hitler almost controlled the world, like the modern world. Like he came that close. So somebody that's that powerful and using all of those tools, you better read on him. And his book, Mein Kampf, is my struggle, right? So reading that and then reading, you know, uh, Malcolm's autobiography of Malcolm X, um, it clicked, you know. These are struggles that people of power are going to go through. And it, Malcolm came very close to, like, before his assassination, he was going to take the American government to court and international court for their fair and ra- un- unfair and racist practices towards black people in America. And he came this close to winning. That's why he was traveling the world with Kwame Nkrumah, Patrice Lumumba, you know, Nasser, all of these different people, right? Um, and he was going to do that, but they popped him. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm not evil like Hitler. I'm not going to get popped like Malcolm. I'm going to use all of this information, and all of these people fall from the same thing. They don't be strapped. Well, Hitler was strapped. He got popped. Well, Hitler popped himself right. eventually. Are we- my point is, my point, <laughs> right, he did. My, my point in saying this is this. I pull from those things and figure out where, what's the strength for how I can build community and leave all of the things that they, use, that, that they, were, they uh, had as weaknesses. It's so good. I'm a, I'm a there's, a lot of, there's a lot of mind comp I hope that you leave. That's oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo, you know what he said, though? I, a lot of when, things. When he had, he had to say a lot of wild shit. Um, <laughs> That's an understatement of the show. Go <laughs> he, ahead. He, he also said when his, when his army had, he had like an army of like four million men. He said, I, had an arm, I have an army of four million men, but I would trade them for 10,000 Africans with the knowledge of themselves. I'm, I'm melanated, so... And I know where that Adinkra symbol come from. I know the power of human thought and action and thinking and being strapped and being holistic. Hitler knew. Malcolm knew. Absolutely. I'm not saying their intent and their yeah. uh, beautiful ugly. Okay. The precision I, just, of, I feel like it's my job as a host here to try and walk you back from like praising don't Hitler. Don't be on Hitler. Right. No, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I mean by that is you have to pay. I, I read Henry Kissinger. I yeah. read Zbigniew well, Brzezinski. It's several steps down from Hitler. Point, yeah, and point, most. point being is, it's their intent. It's like a gun. It's nothing. It's an inanimate object until the person, the psycho or the superhero, picks it up and does something with it. So I'm going to learn to to find the tools that these people used to create power, and my intent is to fix things. That's because I'm a Jedi. I'm not a Sith. On that, uh, on that note, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a tremendous round of applause for uh, Maj Touré. Thank you for listening. This event was recorded live at the Bryant Lake Bowl in Minneapolis. If you're interested in coming to one of our live shows or even working with us, you can find out more information on our website at www.t2p2.net.